Hello and welcome to the Dead Air Dudes. I'm Izzy. I'm Kang Rocka. Welcome one and all to our dissection and deep dive of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. We're not going to go into a full, but get ready. Spoilers abound here, so we're, we're just going to. We will give you warning, okay? So we'll give you advance warning so that you can listen up to a certain point, and then we will kindly let you know when the spoilers come fast and furious because we cannot avoid the spoilers and give it a true dissection. Yeah, exactly. So so here we go. All right, obviously it stars Paul Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, and not with that least Jonathan of all. Majors. Jonathan Majors and um and a cast of hundreds and lots of CGI. Okay, the good, the pros. Obviously, Paul Rudd, Michelle Fiber had a much bigger role in this minute in this film, and it's amazing. She's kind of she's. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm, I don't want to be ageist here because you know, but she's getting up there, and you I mean she's still pretty damn good. I mean, but yeah, I know. didn't want to say that, but she's probably. Oh my god, this is gonna sound so misogynistic. She's probably the hottest fifty plus. Is she? Is she sixty? No, she's got. She's she's sixty. I mean, I mean, I mean she's probably the hottest sixty-year-old uh, lady icon actress. I mean, if Jada and, was 50, 50, 50 something, I mean, so she's got to be. I think, matter of fact, I think she's the same age as Madonna for some reason. I that that just that just sticks in my head. And and, and what's Michael Douglas? He's like eighty. Yo, Michael Douglas is maybe maybe even older. All right, do, do your math from 58, Michelle Pfeiffer. She was born in 1958, so there you go. Oh, 64? There you go. 65? All right, 65. Either way, um, no, she's still captivating. She's still at uh, top of the game as far as an actress goes. Um, obviously, without going, again, too deep into it, because that's not what this episode is about, um, they get sucked back into the quantum realm. Yes. And, and things that she did not reveal the biggest of all would be obviously Kang. Again, these are not spoilers, people. You know this going in. You've right. seen the trailers. You know what's going on. And there's a whole universe. I want to say world. It's a whole universe. Yes. A subatomic universe under ours. A microscopic, micro microscopic, super microscopic universe. And and the things that they uncover are very revealing. Um in, as far as perspective of where they are, who's everybody, you know, existence and all that jazz. But the main thing is, obviously, Kang is there. I'm sorry, let me be more precise. One of the Kangs is there. Yes, well, we already know that there was one version of Kang as He Who Remains in, um, I think that was his name. From Loki, if you guys remember, and if you didn't see, if you didn't see Loki, you probably should see Loki. You don't have to, but it kind of helps. It, it helps big time, and it will help probably all of Phase Five, Six, and all Seven. All right, and we all know, and if you don't know, well, <sighs> there is something called the Council of Kangs, and the Council of Kangs is that as he remains the first Kang from Loki mentioned that he was essentially the good. Kang, basically the good version of Kang, while all the other ones were much, much worse, including Kang the Conqueror, who is in this movie. And we all know Kang the Conqueror. I mean, he is 
I'm just a man, a scientist, whatever, who through going through different timelines and different universes and multiverses, he acquires technology to the point where he is, I mean, virtually un- unbeatable, you know. Uh, well, the here's the thing. He could uh he could almost um like predict movements and and what you and uh, and you know while fighting and stuff like that. But but here's the thing. Okay, uh, we're not here to be apologists for canon or no. be critical, highly critical because they they separate from canon. We all know the whole thing. They're not supposed to be canon. It's it's their Marvel cinematic version. But like you just said. Kang was supposed to be unbeatable in the sense of strategy, intellect, technology. He's not a super soldier. Yes, he's strong. Yes, he's skilled. But he's supposed to be such at a higher level. He's three, five, ten steps ahead of you. Yes, he is human, but he is the what human, like, I guess, the pinnacle most, evolution. Yeah, the, the pinnacle, exactly. The pinnacle of, of human evolution. So my point is, and again, this would probably be the first spoiler. Cover your ears, pause it, hold us, put us on the shelf for later. My biggest issue, biggest, because there's a few issues I have with the movie. Not that he gets soundly beaten, but the fact that he gets beaten. And not just beaten. Biggest spoiler. He bites the dust. Yeah. Now... Is it wrong for me to, to to dude? I was rooting for Kang the whole time. Okay, so like Thanos, <laughs> I was rooting for Kang the whole time. I'm thinking we all know the Kang, and if you guys don't know, I mean, Leave oh, on the Rock, you know, whatever. Haven't heard the news. Yes, Kang is the next big bad. He is better than Thanos. He's the next Thanos level type villain, and the next Avengers film is called the Kang Dynasty, which will. Culminate, I think phase five and phase six, phase five and six will culminate in the Kang Dynasty, which would be the next Avengers film. So, which, as you know, if you guys can tell from the um, end credit sequences, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna okay. be glorious. It's gonna be <clears throat> the first end credit sequence where you see spoiler, spoiler, you see <laughs> the actual. Um, Council of Kings was was pretty damn cool. Yeah, you have yeah, and, and that scene is essentially almost slipped straight from the from the, from the comics. There's a scene that's very it's like they're in this coliseum type area where they've united every single Kang from every timeline and multiverse universe, and uh led by Immortus, Ramatud, I believe, and the other cyborg guy, which the name escapes me right now. Um, and the whole point that Kang showed up in the quantum realm because he was exiled, because he was a little too crazy, a little too, you know, because this whole thing, he wanted to eliminate every timeline, every flawed. But this is the same thing with Thanos. Every incursion. as he, as we're, 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 I could invite all the criticism. I take it. Not saying... I agree. Okay, so let's that get that out first. Not saying that I agree, but both with Thanos and Kang, the writers of Marvel have decided to give the bad guy his airtime, his voice. 
they let him save his reasons. And I can't 100% denounce it. I'm sorry. Even with even with Thanos, I get it. I wouldn't want randomly half the universe to be eliminated. But his point was we are consumed by greed. We're overpopulated. We, we don't know where to stop. We need all, not just humanity, all peoples need this cataclysmic uh, show of humility. Okay, mm-hmm. not agree with it, but I see that they're giving him his airtime to say his piece, why he's doing his heinous, heinous thing. Why is it? Okay, going back to Loki, Kang, he who remains, gave his point of view. And I think any version of Kang with a conscience, if they all agree that you cannot change the end result, you can change how you get to it, but you cannot change the end result. It is written. It is predetermined. Well, yeah. Maybe they wanted to change it. And the warning that comes full circle from this Kang, the Conqueror, to Paul Rudd's character, Ant-Man, when he said, and he looked really distraught, when he said, it's a circle, it's a circle. I know how it ends, but we can change that. You don't have to die. Your version doesn't have to die. This doesn't have to happen. And he gave them warning, the second warning that was similar to Loki's Kang. You think I'm bad? You wait the rest of me. Yep. That's coming. So maybe outlandish, going on a limb here, I'm going to get taken out by the Achilles. Maybe Kang was right. I mean, if there's one positive thing that Marvel is doing, at least in my opinion, is that we're getting better crafted villains in the last, you know, you know, not completely. We actually did a podcast on this. I mean, on the overall, they've been ho-hum. Pretty bad. Not not to the level of of, of the heroes, obviously. They've but, had the depth of a sheet of paper. Yes. But Kang, Killmonger, Thanos, to name, to, to, to name a few, um, are even even no more, you know, are up to snuff, so to speak, you know. And speaking for all the critics who lambasted this film, I think at last glance it was like what forty four percent rotten. Yeah, and I don't really understand that. I mean, it's not a terrible film. No, I understand it's- that it's a little flat, but. And yeah. I understand that 99, I don't know if you agree, 95 to 99% of the movie is all CGI. Yes, that, I mean, you can't get away with it. You can't get away away from it. I understand. It's the quantum realm. It cannot be, it cannot be a real setting. Maybe it wasn't the best CGI. Maybe that's why it kind of stuck out to me. It looked a little too vivid and not extremely, um, but maybe that's the point, is that the quantum realm is not in our straight line world and it's cloudy there's no sun there there's like million orbs of light happening it's 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 a different it's a different universe yeah that i can get 48 
percent rotten, which is slightly higher than the 47 that uh, Eternals got. While it's 84% gone down uh, slightly from the 85 it originally had from the, from the audience scores. Well, the other thing is if you're not a hardcore Marvel superhero animation comic book person and you're a casual fan who latched on to um, the movies because of the spectacularism action or what have you, maybe this is a little more left field than you're comfortable with. Well, no, that hundred uh, percent. This movie is a comic book fans movie, okay. which is why I liked it. Yeah, which is why I think also the critics didn't get it. Yes, because they're criticizing a movie, not knowing that this is a comic book live action. Yeah, this is this is very very comic booky, if that's even a word. You know, very comic booky to to the point where even when the Council of Kangs and all this stuff, you can almost see cackling villains in the background. You know, and you're like, geez, it almost goes a little, almost gets a little cringy to a point. But Jonathan Majors is so good in this role that he holds it together. I would have to say Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. uh, Paul Rudd, and so all three of them, and Jonathan Major, they they executed extremely well. Actually, you know what? There's a lot of good performances. The the guy who reads minds, and I've seen him. I'm very fond of him since The Good Place. He he was very good. Um, you know, there's a cameo, little cameo bit, Bill Murray. There's um, yeah. uh, the the daughter. There's yeah, yeah, sorry, uh, Cassie. Cassie, there's a ton of good performances in a CGI world, so that I can understand. Um, I I do agree with you. I feel like the critics are holding up to a different standard, and it's not fair. Panther two, which the critics loved. Heck, it's I think it's nominated for an is it nominated for an Oscar? I don't. I mean, I know Angela Bassett in a few uh, roles, but to be honest, boy, I'm going to take a brutal beating here. I actually like this slightly better than Wakanda. I think I think they're similar. I don't know. I think Wakanda's a little bit better, not by much, but this is much better than Thor. Yes, Love and Thunder, and it is better than Eternals. And hell, I'm going to take a beating. It's better than Shang Chi. You know, no, no, I, I don't disagree with any of that. But, but I think hey, the we, last five we, movies. Look back at our, at our at our previous Shang-Chi review to see what I'm saying. I'm not going to get into it. But uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse, I think, was the best one in the last five, six movies. And even that wasn't really understood by critics because, again, it was very comic booky, very comic booky as well. You know, yeah, but also Sam Raimi did it, which was awesome. It, it was. It, it had the it had the little the little horror little horror uh, tinge to it. You know what I mean? A, a lot of critics make a point with this because this whole trilogy was, um, what's his name? Reed. Um, well, but, but it, it was it was hijacked from the original director, and and. Well, Quentin Reed is who directed it now. Um, but yeah. it was really, uh, the guy who did um. Which his name escapes me now. Um, Scott Pilgrim and yeah, right and, because, because and, some and, some and creative differences and whatnot. But all in all, I wouldn't say it's a knockout of the box. It's not a grand slam. It's not even a home run. I think it's strong warning track power. All right, right now you someone tells you, Raka, should I go see this movie? Yes or no? Absolutely. 
Okay. You know, I'm not giving it the, the greatest endorsement in the world. There's tons of other movies better, but I would not say no, and I wouldn't say it's even average. I think it's above average. It's quite enjoyable. Okay. I, I would like to see where they go from here because they've already went full-fledged with how Kang is, without a doubt, leaps and bounds worse than Thanos. As Thanos had some psychological, uh, sociopathic, mathematical probability to his reasoning of why killing random half, this guy, this guy's a whole new level of bad. You're talking about unapologetic murder on a trillion mass scale, all yeah. because he has one singular mindset, which is he wants to win. Yeah, it is. Uh... It's not saving humanity, mankind, alien kind, or, or any race. He don't give a shit. It is. He wants to win. Now, the biggest, I get not flaw, but now it's like, I know he signed for what, a three-year contract, I do believe. I did hear that somewhere. But where will he appear next? Obviously, well, you already know where for No, he's going to show up in Loki season two. And that's but, the know. second uh, spoiler. Hit the spoiler. What's oh. too late? <laughs> Sorry. The second, the second end scene at the very, very last end when your bladder is screaming, uh, it comes on and it's maybe five seconds. It's actually, I do believe it's probably a actual an actual scene from probably uh the series. Which again, I thought in hindsight, yeah, Loki, I think Loki and Mobius, Loki and Mobius are talking and they and they see actually Kang. Or that timeline's version of Kang, who's just creating, um, you know, he looks like he's in a nineteen eight eighteen uh, hundred setting of um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a carnival salesman. Yeah, but I do digress. I think Loki was one of the best, if not the best, series Marvel had put out. Which is funny because critics loved it, yet people. Some people didn't really get it. I well, loved it. Ones that saw it loved it, but I then some, it. Uh, they weren't really into it. No, I, I loved it. I've heard many people who they felt not much action that it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know. But then again, you know, you can't please everyone, and that's the thing. As long as you please, and the movie's funny. The movie is funny, but not. Over the top, slapsticky. Every every ten seconds, we need a laugh track type, like Love and Thunder was. It, it's funny humor. It's funny, uh, funny um, um, music. Yeah, no, I mean Scott Lang himself, Paul Rudd. He, you know, he quips. He play. He plays himself as as obviously Scott Lang, and he's he's a funny guy. So, you know, stuff like that comes out. But it's but for the most part, the movie. The movie is the, the movie. It's it, it's well made. It's it's well done. It's just you know the, the last footnote. I'll say the yeah. last footnote is I think they missed the boat with uh with giving the perspective of Mordock as um, comic relief as opposed to he could have been something more. Yes, they. It seems that the writer or someone. They all they said, you know what, we should bring Modoc into the MCU. And I give the writer kudos for 
shoehorning Kang into the story and also shoehorning Modok into the story, even though Modok seemed like an afterthought, more like a henchman, kind of wasted. But then again, it's such a it's such a it's such a niche, unique character that people won't get. And it's it, it people are I mean he's almost he's almost there for comic comic relief, which kind of sucks, you know. Although I must say, right now, if I could get my hands on it, that's my Comic Con costume right now. Dude, that's that's interesting. That's that you know that could actually. I mean, don't know how we can do it, but if you can go as Kang, then I'll go as as him, and that would rock. You know what? Let's do it. Let's give it some thought. We have some time. Let's give it some thought. All right, your final thoughts, your recommendation. Yeah, you watch it. If you're if you're an MCU fan, watch it. Um it's worth it, not to mention it opens up phase five and it introduces the big bad. So you know, but don't go in thinking it's gonna be Infinity War. It's not. It's it's a good film with flaws. That's it. Seven, 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 seven point five out of ten. All right, here, here. Uh, again, thank you for liking, subscribing, and sending your feedback and emails. Uh, as as the movies come out, you know, um, we are right on top of it, and we're trying to give you up to the minute reviews mm-hmm. and let you know when to not waste your time and when to spend your dollar. Um, thanks for listening to the Dead Air Dudes. Thank you, and as always, if you like, comment, subscribe. Save the whales. Save the whales. I'm Kang Raka, not to be confused by Thor. Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, take care, guys. <laughs>